And this is Hetty. And we're here to talk to you about our great, amazing podcast, Love and Inclusion in the Real World. So we thought we would start kind of a little bit about how we met and uh, and the why why we do this and also kind of a little bit of our street cred. Yeah, we think that it's important that you know who's talking to you and um, what our qualifications, so to speak, might be. Um, why we feel like um, like we have a, a vision to share with you. So we'll kind of start with who we are. Okay, so I'm Tina. <laughs> and I'm still Hetty. Um, and uh, I am the proud mom of three boys. And my oldest boy was born with Down syndrome. And so he has an IEP. My middle son has a 504. He has dyslexia. And my youngest son totally did not want to be outshone by any of his brothers and wanted to make sure he had a binder. So he has an ALP, which is um, layman's terms for an advanced learning plan. Um, And I'm still trying to learn all this advanced learning plan stuff. Um, Basically means he's wicked, crazy, um, fun and smart. Um. (laughs) He is. Um, So then I'm Hetty and um, I have four great kids. Two are grown up and doing their own thing. Um, I have a 12 year old Ruby who um, is kind of an amazing scientist in the making. And my youngest daughter, Cora, is 11 and she also was born with Down syndrome. And that kind of leads right into um, how I met Tina. So um, one day a few years ago, this um, really friendly, kind person approached me. She was working at my daughter's school and um, she said, hey, um, I have a nephew who has Down syndrome and they're going to be, um, his family are going to be moving here and I really think you'd like my sister. And so I thought, well, okay. Um, she was right. <laughs> she was totally right. So um, because we have that in common, right. right, that we both have kids with Down syndrome, that's kind of how we met. Um, but I feel like over time, we've learned that we have a lot of things in common. Um, and and I just enjoy Tina as a person, um, a, apart from Brady, her kid with an extra chromosome and quarter mine, um, apart from all the things that we see eye to eye on, she's just a really um, magnificent human being. Well, and I have to say the same about you. Um, Hetty is just so great. and so powerful and magnetic and um if you ever have had the pleasure of meeting Hetty face to face you would know that she um is just great and delivers things messages so eloquently um better than i ever could actually um and yeah i'm just honored to to be doing this with her and also to call her my friend yeah um so i think that it's fair for you to know like what kind of um experiences we have outside of being moms of kids with down syndrome um and so i i prior to core coming along really didn't have any clue that there was sort of this whole world of special education and therapy and all of the things that come along with that um and once i kind of got my foot in that i really it really captured my imagination, I think. And so I went back to school and got a teacher's license and um, studied early childhood special education. So um, in addition to being a busy mom, I do in-home early intervention with infants and toddlers who have um, disabilities and delays. And so that gives me, I think, 
um, some pretty good background knowledge um, that I hope to <laughs> that I hope to share with you um, over time through this podcast. And Tina. Well, and some things that I get paid to do is I get paid to be an IEP facilitator. Yeah. Um, and so basically I just get to travel around the state and go to IEP meetings. Yeah. Um, but also above and beyond that, one of the things that I have really been super passionate about, and that's why we're here and Hedy same, is um, as soon as Brady was born, um, we got handed this book, right? And just to give you a little FYI, Brady's 15. So this was 15 years ago. Um, we were handed this book about, and I started reading this book and it was like, all these things Brady wasn't gonna do. And I was like, time out. Like I'm reading this book and I'm, I'm sure I was in tears cause you know, that's what I do. But I, and I, I, I put the book down and I looked at my husband and I said, what the heck? Um, why, why am I reading this book? Why am I, why is this book dictating and tell me things my child is not going to do? If, if we didn't have this diagnosis, I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't have even thought twice about picking up a book to tell me things my child wasn't going to do. Um, and at that point was when I really started to be like, to really see that there was such a big difference. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that was when I was like, wow. I don't understand. Like, why are he's like six weeks old? Why are we putting limitations on him? Hey, yeah, I think that. Um, well, we had a prenatal diagnosis with Cora, so oh, we heard yeah. we heard things about things she wasn't going to do before she was even born, um, and it it makes you just um, really think about the things that we value as people, mm -hmm. um, because. Uh, on the one hand, she's done most of the things that they said she, they said she would never do. Um, and on the other hand, um, the handful of things that she hasn't quite mastered yet are not really things that matter <laughs> yeah, in terms yeah. of whether or not she's um, a valuable and amazing and fun human. and funny yeah. human. So, um, so really, we want you to know what to expect from our podcast. Um, and why we want to do this podcast. Um, I think that you can guess a little bit from the title, Love and Inclusion, <laughs> in the real world that we're going to be talking a lot about inclusion, but we wanted to maybe um, um, give you a little bit more information around that and to tell you how we're going to accomplish that. Yeah, one of the things that we, we think it's really important is um, we want inclusion on all aspects, right? Not just inclusion, um, in schools, we want to talk about inclusions in community, um, inclusion um, in faith communities, inclusion at schools, inclusion in like work areas. So we, we have a list of guests um, that we want to interview and they include teachers, administrators, entrepreneurs, um, faith leaders, employers, elected officials. Like, I mean, we really want this to be a great informational we obviously want it to be fun because that's kind of what we like to do. But we also, want, <laughs> we also want it to be informational and we want it to be able to, you to be able to maybe walk away with a couple of things that maybe you can, you can use in your life. Yeah. As an educator would say, put some things in your toolbox. In your toolbox, um, yes. One thing that I like to have in my toolbox is I like to have real research. Um, and so in addition to guests, we'll be pulling in um, information around research that really um, demonstrates that inclusion is powerful and impactful and that it works when it's done well. Um, 
given that, I was really curious because you often hear people say like, we have 40 years of research, right? And so I really was curious, like, well, when did we first have research around um, inclusive practices? And so what I learned is that the founder of the Kennedy Center, Lloyd Dunn, he actually, um, three years after the Kennedy Center was founded in 1965, published a paper um, that really questioned like, why do we separate kids who have different learning needs? So clear back in 1968, um, we already knew that um, segregation didn't really work. And if I'm doing my math correctly, that's 51 years ago. 51. So, yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> it's a long, long, time, long ago. time ago. Probably and, before most of you were even born. Right. No, mo most of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, in fact, he said this. He said, if I had my way, the field would get rid of the term special education. There would be no dichotomy between general and special education. And we are all just school teachers who don't know as much as we should about educating young people who are very different from the average. And so um, that's a lot, that's a lot of years for um, people to know mm -hmm. that the kind of programs that we put in place um, really don't don't work. Right. And so we're excited to bring you some of that information. Um, we'll be delving some into IDEA as it's appropriate, because um, I think that's important. I think it's important for people to understand too mm -hmm. um, what that means and the why behind right. it. Like, um, but just to let you know that the report that the, from the Kennedy Center in 1968 was before IDEA was passed. Right, way before <laughs> IDEA so. was passed. Um, but I do think that a lot of times, you know, we question like, well, can can a school do this or can they do that with mm -hmm. my kid? And really the best place to go back to answer that question is to the legislation around it, right? right. So if we can start there, we can kind of reduce those overwhelming feelings of, ah, yeah, right? And really focus on the real stuff and um, process it through that way. So. We wanted to share a little definition about inclusion that um, we stole from somebody else. We're going to give her credit. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she said inclusion is a mindset. It's a way of thinking. It's not a program that we, we run or a classroom in our school or a favor we do for someone. Inclusion is who we are. It is who we must strive to be. And that is just so powerful because like sometimes people are like well how do i do inclusion how do you do it and i'm like um he's just included in our life right um heady years ago well let me give you tell me let me tell you who said that by yeah way, sorry <laughs> um it was lisa friedman um and so and she works for the jewish special education and inclusion program and she, did she write this book remove the stumbling block i think or that's her blog her, the her blog okay okay um but i want to kind of go back to um you're, Hedy, I don't even know if you even remember saying this to me, but years ago we were talking about inclusion because that's kind of what we always talk about, right? And that's why we're here. But um, Hedy was talking about like, what does it look like at, at your family table, right? Like she was, she said to me, she's like, Brady's included in your family. It's not until you walk out the front door that he's not normal anymore. Right. And I thought that that was so powerful. Like, and I use that a lot, right? a lot of times when I'm talking to people and stuff, because that's so, that's so great, right? I, you know, I don't have a special diploma, a special ed diploma or um, 
a special inclusionist behind my my name, any you know, any letters like that. But what I do have is I do have a child who has been included in our family since the day he was born. Yeah. And so I mean, it's just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it when you think of it in that sense, right? It I think it really simplifies the whole concept, right? right. Because in our home, like Cora doesn't have a special table right. where she takes her meals and she <laughs> doesn't have a special TV where she watches programs that are just for her and she doesn't have you know, there's nothing special about her daily life. She has to make her bed just like her sister does. Right. Um, and take a shower, take a shower. She yep. participates in our family, like in every single way. And the things that she doesn't do are things that are things that she doesn't want to do by choice. Right. Right. Like she, like she doesn't want to go on five mile hikes. And so yeah, we don't make her because she doesn't want to. <laughs> um, so what we want to say is that you know, a lot of times when we think about the word inclusion, we're only thinking about school. And as Tina already said, we're going to be looking at other areas too, because um, in a perfect world, stuff doesn't end when kids leave school, right? right. Like those inclusive practices, inclusive mindset, um, really follow kids out into a society. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really about belonging in real ways in the real world. Yes. Um, and inclusion is important in that through that lens it's important not just for our kids who have disabilities it's important for all kids mm -hmm. um, because it really teaches kids um, what kind of things they're going to value in their adult communities um, so well I think it helps teach kids love and acceptance right like, absolutely and um, and you know I wanted to kind of feedback on that a little bit if you're concerned about, I don't know what inclusion looks like, look at little kids. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, look at little kids. They don't really notice the disability, right? right. Or if they do, it's not even a thing, right? Like, right. it's like, who cares? It's kind of like, like when um, one person has blonde hair or one person has brown hair. That's not even a thing, right? You don't even mm -hmm. pay attention to that. And also, you know, when you think about, like, if you think about somebody that you admire, right? And you think about their characteristics, um, the first thing you don't think of is something that that is lacking, right? You don't right. think, like, I don't say, oh, my Hetty, my friend Hetty, who wears glasses. Right. No, I talk about all the great things about Hetty, not, and then, you know, not the fact that she needs glasses, right? right? Like, and so um, I think that that's really important to remember is keeping the human aspect in it. Yeah. And and when what I mean by that is keeping the kindness and the real of what just uh, each individual human want, and that's acceptance and love. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like I, like I've never once asked somebody to share with me their math proficiency before I decide whether or not I can be their <laughs> friend, right? Like it. Like those just aren't things that really matter when right. you're connecting with other humans. And we really want, what do we want for our kids, whether for our kids who have differences and for our kids who, you know, in the eyes of the world don't have right. differences, really are the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Is to be loved and accepted um, by the people in the, in the community that they live in. So really we hope, um, we of course want to build awareness, right? right? But it doesn't stop there. Um, because awareness is nice, but okay. Right. I, but I do believe that awareness leads to acceptance. Yes. And, and, and then I think acceptance leads to action. Right. And that's really what we're looking for, right? Is that kind of a um, three-step program, right? right? Where we raise some awareness, um, we learn 
um, new information. We hear some great people right. tell us what they're doing um, and our acceptance grows. And then it really moves us to do something different in our lives. Yes. And, and that's that action step, right? That's that step of, okay, what are we going to do differently? Also, I kind of mentioned this already about like Hetty wearing glasses, right? Um, but think about like most people have a, an accommodation, right? Like, I mean, to be honest, the lights in this room, we, if we, if Hetty and I both have vision impairments or if we were blind, we wouldn't even need the lights on, right? Right. And that's an accommodation for everybody. And, but that has been so like, electricity has been such an accommodation that everybody's used to using that it's kind of like a no big deal. Right. right. And so um, that's kind of what we want it to, to be with the disability world, right? And with inclusion, right? Like it just happens, right? Um, I One of my Facebook memories today, I forgot to share this with you. Um, it said, we want inclusion to be practiced so much that the word isn't even used anymore. Right. Like, and I was like, oh, what a great memory to right. have. Um, but it makes me think about like anybody who has medical problems, right? Like if, if you need medication, like if you come down with a diagnosis and you need medication to help you live or you have to change your diet, whatever, you know, whatever it may be, um, you do that and everybody accepts that, right? Um, so like awareness is, oh no, I have this diagnosis and then acceptance is, okay, now I need to deal with this and now I need this medication or this special diet and action is the medication and the special diet. Right. And so our action is, um, how can we make the world a more inclusive place for yes. everybody? For my kid with an extra chromosome, for my kid without an extra chromosome, for your kids, for the neighbor's kids, um, how can we create really a better place for everybody to live and work and grow and love each other? I agree. Yeah. And, um, and I think that um, this is probably a little far-fetched, but if we can really do that, then we can really have world peace. I, I really think that if we could get one generation of 100% educational inclusion, mm -hmm. meaningful, impactful, real um, educational inclusion for one generation, that it would revolutionize our whole world. You're right. Yeah. Um, I, I believe that like with every fiber of my being. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, you're going to talk to Tina and Hetty <laughs> during our podcast. You're going to hear guests. You're going to hear about research and IDEA. Um, we're going to grow awareness, acceptance, and build an action plan. And to keep it light. To keep it light. So we mentioned that we like to have fun. Um, and a lot of times when we get together, we have moments where we'll be like, let me tell you what happened. And we'll just be shaking our heads. And now we have coined the, those moments as WTF moments. Um, so we think that... Um, Sometimes you just have those WTF moments where somebody says something or does something that all you can do is kind of shake your head and laugh. And um, and so we want to not only share our WTF moments with you, but we want you to share your WTF moments with us. Um, and um, we want it to be to be fun, to be light. Um, I'm sure sometimes you're going to be pretty ticked off when you when you share that with us because I know there's times that I'll call Hetty and I'll be like, you're not even going to believe what happened. Like, um, and thankfully I have her because she can talk me off of. Uh, of a cliff per se. Um, but anyway, so when you have those moments, we would love for you to email them to us. Our email address is loveandinclusion.realworld at gmail.com. So every word is spelled out. So it's love and inclusion and then a dot or a period, um, realworld at gmail.com. And we would love to be able to share them um, 
on our on our podcast. Yeah. And you can leave your name or you can say anonymous. Yeah. Um, however you want to do it, whatever makes you feel comfortable. Um, it's just a place to kind of realize that we're all sort of in the same boat mm -hmm. that gets a little rocky sometimes. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, and hopefully we can um, spread some good inclusion ideas so that we can reduce the number of WTF, WTF moments yes. in our world. So, <laughs> well, and hopefully those WTF moments will turn into WTF meaning what the fun. Right. <laughs> um, so listen, follow us on Facebook. And if we figure out how to work it, we will get on Instagram. Yeah, we have an account on Instagram. We just don't um, know how to post anything to it yet. So yeah. If you have good ideas around that, yeah, um, email, email us on that. That'd be great too. Well. So, um, once again, this is Hetty. This is Tina. And this is Love and Inclusion in the, in real, the real World. Thank you. Bye bye.